Good morning, Teach Better family. We are live for the Wednesday Wake Up. I am so excited to be with Aaron Sack this morning, and we're going to jump, in, jump into a bunch of different topics in, in regards to collaboration. But before we do that, I'm going to just take a little short break and jump into the Wednesday Wake Up intro. <laughs> I just get jived up because of that music. I, I love it so much, especially on a Wednesday morning. And, you know, the coffee's kicking in. I don't know. Are you drinking any coffee right now? I got my coffee. <laughs> you are ready was, to go. We're ready to go. <laughs> Aaron, for those who don't know you on the team, potentially, will you just share a little bit about yourself, your educational background, and what you do with the team? For sure. Yeah. So, um, I've been a part of the Teach Better team now for going on a year already, um, which is crazy. I joined the team December 1st of last year, so I guess time flies when you're having fun. Um, and I am the social media coordinator on the team. So basically, I get the privilege of I get to push the tweet button or the send button on just all the awesome things the team is doing from, you know, the podcast network to the academy, uh, I get to share that out. Uh, and really, it's the rest of the marketing team that makes me look really good because they get everything for me and they say, just share this out. So uh, yeah, I really enjoy getting to share that out with educators. Um, as an educator myself, I just know how awesome those resources are just to have access to. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I do with the team. And then I've been uh, in education for six years now. Um, my first couple of years, I taught seventh and eighth grade science um, at a more like rural school district. So I was kind of like the junior high science department. Uh, and then after that, the last four years, I've been at a slightly larger school district in the town that I live in here in central Illinois, uh, where I teach eighth grade science. Um, so I, yeah, I love all things science related and teaching. Um, and then I'm currently taking this year off. I just had my second baby in, over the summer. So spending some time at home, which um, I'm really enjoying. Um, but it's also great to be able to be a part of the Teach Better team in this year too, to stay connected to like the world of education, even though I'm like not in the classroom. It really helps me feel like I'm still part of that education realm. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're so lucky to have you, Erin. And you know, in the comments already, people are talking about something that's occurring in just a couple of days, which feels like we've been talking about for a little while. Teach Better 22, Akron, Ohio. I can't wait. Um, I'm actually going to be jumping on a plane today, flying that way um, up north to head over um, to help set up with the team. And yeah, I'm, I'm just so, I'm so pumped just to see so many familiar faces. So um, just so everyone knows right now we're, we're live on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, all of the social media outlets, right? And so if you are watching this morning, jump in the comments, share your excitement for Teach Better 22 and maybe something that you are looking forward to. I know a lot of folks that were there in 2019 are coming back for 22. Um, I know Andrea is in the comments already talking about how special time is going to be. And I can't wait to, to see everyone. Aaron, I know you won't be physically joining us, but what is your role going to be in the next couple of days? 
yeah, I'm really sad. I will not physically be there. Um, so I will virtually be there, I suppose, through the world of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all those things. Um, someone else is flying to Ohio today as well. That's awesome. Um, so definitely all of you who are there, you need to make sure that you're sharing everything for those of us who can't be there. So at least our, our FOMO, our fear of missing out will be like a little bit suppressed or maybe it will be heightened. I don't know. Um, I did already like a month ago, once I found out I wasn't, I figured I wasn't going to be able to go. I did already buy like a conference t-shirt. So I'll just wear that all weekend and like pretend that I'm there. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for all you guys who get to go because it does feel like, especially as someone who's, you know, been posting about it on all these social media outlets for months now, I can't believe it's just a couple days away. That's, in, that's insane. Yeah. So hashtag Twitter or on Twitter, I was looking hashtag uh, teach better 22 was trending last night and this morning when I was looking. So um, yeah, keep up the good work folks. As far as tweeting out your excitement, also that we've got, you know, hundreds of folks that are going to be presenting at the conference also. So they're also sharing out, you know, about their sessions, what they're going to be doing. Of course, I'm in charge of Podcast Row. So we've got 14 different podcasts going to be represented there. We've got the ambassadors. We've got all these different hangouts. And then, of course, in each evening, we've got, you know, these these events where you get to connect with other folks and, and hang out even more and get to know them, which is kind of the the best part I find at the conference, especially at Teach Twitter, um, because it's like the, all these folks that you've connected with on social media, and now you finally get an opportunity to see them in person and learn a little bit more about them. So super excited to see everyone. And then of course, you know, for folks who are listening and who are watching, you know, while you're on your, on the road, when you get to the events, definitely share out on social media and let folks know what's going on um, because it's a pretty special couple days. So that'll also give Aaron something to, you know, also tweet out and, you know, behind the scenes share with our network, um, even more for those who, who can't be there. So super excited about the event. And I see, um, a lot of people are, are hitting the road. So it looks like who uh, it says Facebook users. I don't know, but, um, we've got this from Andrea also, uh, it looks like Andrea is going to be on some podcasts. So yeah, as far as podcast row goes for those who are in attendance, if you just kind of show up, there's seven podcasters in the morning, seven in the afternoon that'll be podcasting. If you're interested in being a guest, I know there's several different ways um, to jump on shows. Um, so some folks have like QR codes on their tables. Some folks will just come up and invite and then others have the availability for people just to come up to the table and, you know, get on a show. So that's pretty awesome. All right. looks like more folks are on the road also. All right. So Aaron, as far as science teacher, we're going to dive in in just a little bit. Good morning to all of our folks. Just a reminder, if you're watching, uh, jump into the comment section and you can ask Erin any questions you would like as far as, you know, what her role is, what's going on in her world, or any of the topics that we're going to be talking about today, which is, I think we're going to be around collaboration um, in our topic. But um, as far as our time, you know, moving forward, I don't know if you're ready, Aaron. We're going to jump to the teachable moment. Sounds fantastic. Let's do it. Okay. So we've got a short little commercial here for you um, for the teachable moment. And then Aaron's going to be dropping some wisdom this morning. And I hope everyone has their coffee ready and we're ready to.
going to be hearing a little bit about collaboration. And Aaron, just so that we can kick off the conversation, you know, collaboration is used um, in education often. It sometimes kind of loses its meaning. But for you as an educator, as a teacher in a science classroom, what is it um, that you're looking for in the classroom with your students in regards to collaboration? Yeah, I, I do think, yeah, this kind of like, it can almost be like a buzzword in, in education of, you know, having your students collaborate or like, oh, I'm having this like collaboration project. And, and I think what I've kind of learned over the last handful of years is when you're having your students collaborate on something, you really need to know like your why behind it and why you think the collaboration is important um, if you want to have student buy-in. So if you don't know like why you're doing it if your only reason to collaborate is well the teacher across the hall is doing this or like my administrator said they want to see more collaboration in my classroom i think it's going to be really hard to like implement or refresh or get that student buy-in um and i think like just like just like with teaching i think the why for your collaboration can be different for every teacher or every classroom i think it's really unique to the classroom and what your needs are or what you're trying to teach um, and I feel like I really didn't find my why like behind collaboration until like year four of teaching. <laughs> um, and I think I, 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 it was the year of 2020. So maybe it's the year that we learned a lot, um, but it was fall of 2020. So students were back physically in the classroom. We we're still a little bit like socially distanced and masked. And I was just trying to figure out how do I get these students like interacting again? Because um, I feel like I had lost my way and I think it was like beneficial because it's almost to me back to the bare bones of, oh, I want them to collaborate and work together. But why do I even want them to do that? Um, so in my class a lot, we work on writing scientific arguments. So answering scientific questions with, uh, you know, claim, evidence and reasoning. And I mean, for the last six months, students have been doing that like independently because that's the way that we had to do things via Zoom or however we were teaching. Um, so I I had presented students with a question. I think this time around we're, we're answering something possibly along the lines of like, are viruses living? Um, which is not an easy question to answer. Like scientists don't even agree, you know? So I wasn't looking for a clear answer, which I don't know if the students realized or not. Um, and I had them do their research and they chose, you know, what they wanted their claim to be. And then I had them pair up with a student who had chosen the opposite claim. So if one student thought like, yes, viruses are living, I was like, you need to choose a partner that's thinking, no, viruses aren't living. And you guys need to come to a new consensus together on like, what's your claim going to be, right? So then they had to collaborate and they had to share what, what their evidence was and really be able to discuss like why they've taken that side. Um, and yeah, through this, I think this is really when I found my why for collaboration, because at the end I had students do this reflection piece where they reflected on like, do you think your claim was stronger before or after you had to discuss it with a partner who had the opposite view? And so many students said that their claim was so much stronger after discussing it with someone with a different perspective. Um, and I even remember one of my students who was kind of like just more of a really like academically inclined student, usually like got his work and finished it as quickly as possible. Um, he reflected and he said, oh, wow, I realized like it's important not to just have my mind made up on something. Um, and I thought that was really powerful. And I think that's really when I found my why of collaboration. It's 
okay, students need to get a different perspective on something when they're learning and how much they can learn from others and not just from me. Because if it's just me and 25 students in the classroom, I feel like I'm limited. But if I'm saying, hey, you guys are collaborating with your peers because I know there's something you can learn from them, then I'm going to get more student buy-in and the collaboration is going to be a lot more genuine. So that's kind of like, I feel like finding your why is really important. Yeah. I love that, Aaron. And, you know, you work with middle school students. I That's where I've been my entire career. So um, I just know that, you know, for that age group, you know, collaboration is something that they, they know a little bit about. They've tried it a little bit in elementary, but for the most part, there's a lot of aspects of collaboration that they're not very comfortable with. So, you know, as a teacher, maybe starting off the year, maybe right now, you know, in October, as you're trying to get things established in your classroom, what are some techniques that you use to help students be able to collaborate with their peers to make sure that they're learning even more so than just from the teacher? Yeah, I think a great place to start when you're asking students to collaborate together is making sure that you've modeled and set clear expectations for what that's going to look like. So, okay, today in your group, you guys are going to analyze a scatter plot and collaborate with your group to like write captions for the scatter plot, whatever that might be. Um, this is what I should hear. And like telling them, like, these are like some of the phrases maybe I should hear. Maybe even putting up on like your smart board. Um, or wherever you can visually display things to students, like some some sentence starters for how they can get the discussion going with their group. Or if they're doing something more hands-on, like this is what I should see. I should see like you open to this document. I should see like one of you should have your notes open and maybe someone else has this document open so you can, you're using your resources. So I just like how we model everything else in the classroom, right? Modeling and trying to show them this is what it's going to look like when you're collaborating, I think is really important. And then um, giving them time, like just to practice first. Cause like you said, sometimes by middle school, they've had a little bit of practice with this, but maybe not a ton. Um, yeah. Andrea is saying it there too. Setting up those norms and conversation and those conversation stems are super helpful. Um, because we can't expect that a student's going to know how to collaborate. Just like we can't expect that they're going to know like Pythagorean theorem. We, we need to teach them these skills. Um, and then give them opportunity to practice. And I think giving them opportunity to practice, that's kind of like low stakes maybe at first, right? So like in my classroom, we do at the beginning of the year, or like you could even do this now, if you're trying to refresh collaboration, maybe doing like a little team building activity, right? Like anything simple, like build a tower out of note cards or spaghetti noodles. And like, this is your chance to collaborate. And this is what I should see. And um, giving them that low stakes space to to practice where it doesn't feel like my teacher's watching me and I need to know what I'm doing when they maybe have not had that much practice before, I think is a really good place to start. No, it's fantastic. I'm going to throw this up from Andrea also because she is talking about student mentors as a helpful resource um, to help other students learn. And I'm just curious, Erin, if that's something that you've used in your classroom also to kind of help with the collaboration process. Yeah, I think having student mentors is a great idea, Andrea. And I, and I think this kind of goes with that, like making sure all students know their strengths and know what they're bringing to the group. Um, and maybe even like those mentors you're choosing, um, 
they they might not be like the first student that comes to mind and really challenging yourself like to see the strengths of all students and say so um you know saying like oh i see your strength as like a really social student and you're good at like talking with your friends but that's really going to be helpful in collaboration so how can you help lead your group um so i think that's really something to keep in mind when you're thinking of student mentors is do you know the strengths of your students and like what they can all bring to the table and bring to the group because that way you can speak that to them and they can really step up and 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 want to be a mentor and, and help um and then yeah if a student is you see a student stepping into that role naturally like really commending them in that and um and then just seeing how you can take that further in the collaboration process that's awesome so do you have specific roles for your students in the collaboration process or is it you know maybe just having a mentor you know, buddy system or, you know, one mentor for a group. I'm just curious if like, how do you put that process together? Um, or do you just have like your standard and your tasks for that group and you just have them kind of work together through that? Um, I know you were talking about practicing prior to in a, in a low stakes area for them to be successful prior to getting into maybe something that's graded or um, something that has, you know, some, higher stakes to it but i'm just wondering if you work with like students as far as like designated positions or jobs so that way the collaboration process is a little bit more smoother yeah that's a great question i think it, I, within my first couple years of teaching oh good morning ray um with my first couple years of teaching i definitely tried to assign jobs but i think again it was something i kind of did without a why it was like oh i've seen other teachers like you each get this certain job in the group um and i think taking it back to kind of what we were just talking about i think it's really great if you can know student strengths and have them know their strengths before you start the collaboration process um you could even do that like having them take a strengths finder test or on my team we do like a multiple intelligences test so when they come to the group they can kind of know what role they're going to play they can know oh i'm really good with like logistics or they can know oh i'm really good with creativity and like helping them champion that and bring that to the group. But then really when they are collaborating, I feel like the academic standard and then the collaboration, I'm kind of assessing separately. Um, and I'm wanting to give them feedback and assessment on both of those things, right? Because we can't just say collaborate and do it this way, but then never give them feedback on their collaboration and how they're doing. Because then it's like, wait, did I do it? Am I doing a good job? And I think we tend to, or I, my first couple of years, would tend to only give them feedback on their collaboration if they're doing it poorly. Um, but I think it's important to give them feedback no matter what point they're at in learning that skill and that like learner characteristic. So one thing I do as they're collaborating to kind of keep them on track and like, it's kind of like, you know, our expectations or like rules for the collaboration process is I just have these like orange laminated cards and I have a variety of each um, some say they have numbers on them, one, two, three, and four. And basically like if they, if there's a four on the card, it says your group is doing all the following. And it's like listening to each other, sharing your thoughts and ideas, being respectful, problem solving. It has all the things that they're doing. Um, if it's the three one, it says like your group is doing most of the following. And again, it lists all those things. Um, and then if it's a two, it's like, you could work on a few of the following. If it's a one, it's like your group needs to work on most of them. And I love that wording again, because it's not, you're not listening and you're not being respectful. It's no, you need to work on it. Like list, list it in a positive language. So as students are working, then I can 
go around and instead of again oh my teacher is watching and she's going to come tell me what i'm doing wrong i can just like lay down one of those cards and it's it's so fun to watch eighth graders when you lay down that orange card and then the whole group is like okay what does it say what number do we have okay we probably have a three because so and so you don't have like your notebook open and then they just want to hold each other accountable um and it's a really easy way to give them feedback as they're collaborating and again we can't just like you know if a student's taking an academic quiz we wouldn't just like take that quiz and throw it away and never give them feedback we want to give them feedback on um how they're collaborating because then they can know okay like this today me and my group we were at a two but tomorrow we want to work towards a three and really with them keeping that kind of growth mindset of like okay guys like maybe your group didn't do the best today and that's okay like we can like start a new tomorrow tomorrow you're going to know what you can work on to improve um and then just continuing to like hold those same expectations and reminding them of those expectations throughout the year and kind of refreshing them on that it's so good aaron i love that and obviously the comments folks are eating this up because that's such a powerful tactic with the cards and the accountability. But then also I think the major piece is the feedback, right? Is we're teaching skills. We're not just teaching the content and we need to make sure that our students are able to collaborate because as we know, that's one of the major future ready skills that our students need to have to be successful moving forward. So um, absolutely fantastic. All right. So we got to say good morning to Lily. She's waving to us, I guess. So good morning, Lily. It's great to see you. Uh, we, we saw also Ray was in the comments. She is winging her way to Ohio herself this morning. So I'm um, so excited to see her very, very soon and the whole team. And yeah, so in the comments, folks, if you have any questions for Aaron in the world of collaboration, um, and we're going to kind of shift our conversation over because, you know, it's not just collaboration with students that you're passionate about, Aaron. It's also about fostering collaboration with your colleagues and your team. And I think that's so important. So I'm just curious on, you know, what strategies do you use to impact collaboration with those who you work with? Yeah, I think I'm really lucky that I, I work with a great team who strives towards collaboration um, and my first couple of years of teaching, I was, you know, in a more rural school district and at our middle school, we didn't have teaming. So me and my other the other teachers on my team, we didn't have our plan at the same time. So I could sometimes feel like I was kind of on this like little island by myself and I wasn't sure what was happening in their classrooms. Um, and like looking back, I feel like my biggest regret in that is like not doing more to figure out, OK, although we don't have the same plan or prep, what can we still do to collaborate across our classrooms and um, work together as a team of teachers to make sure that our students are getting the best education they can because there's so many like connections we could make um, or just ways that we could help each other serve our students best, right? Um, because sometimes one teacher knows, hey, this strategy is, seems to be really working and helping with the students staying engaged. Um, but if you're not working with your team of teachers and, and having a time to connect or collaborate on anything, then you're not going to know that information. Um, so yeah, when I got the privilege of stepping into um, that school district I am in now, I get a team plan time every day. Um, and I think the great thing about that time is getting to collaborate with teachers that have different skills. And it's so funny because I think it relates just like relates right back to what I was saying about students is like each of us teachers bring different strengths into that group, right? 
some of them are more administrative and organized. And I say some of them because that's not me. I'm not. I like tend to like, I think, bring in more creative ideas. But again, that may, that may might be my strength. Um, so I think it's like knowing your team and and knowing their strengths is really key in working together as a team to best serve your students. And then like really leaning into those, really leaning into each other's strengths, because I think that's a great opportunity to even model for students. Hey, this is like you were saying, this is another why behind collaboration. Um, it's this soft skill that in the future is gonna be really important in probably whatever role or career that you have. This is how it comes into play in my job. So I think just knowing those strengths of your colleagues and then like helping model that for your students can be really powerful. Yeah, Aaron. So do you actually at the beginning of the school year talk through strengths or do you do a strengths finder or like what did you do with your team at your new campus to kind of understand, you know, where people are coming from with their skills? Because I know, you know, going on to a new campus, that's probably pretty hard to understand like the team dynamics at first. So is it just kind of one of those things where you just kind of put all the cards on the table and say, you know, this is where I'm I'm stronger at and kind of work through that in your teaming time? Yeah, so I, I think I mentioned um, at the beginning of the school year, we have students do a multiple intelligence test and that kind of helps them know their strengths. And we do that as well as teachers. One, to share with the students so they can get to know us better on our strengths, but then to share with each other. Um, so I think that's, a place that we start so we can know, oh my gosh, like we have this in common or this is a big difference in our strengths and let's lean into that. Um, I, I think in general, I'm just like a big, I like love personality tests. I think they're super insightful and just helpful in life to know, hey, this is kind of like what drives me in life. This is what I struggle with. So I definitely have told my team, hey, can you all take this personality test and tell me your result? Um, and I think doing things like that um, one is just super fun to get to know each other and um, that helps the team experience as well. But then again, then you can say, okay, we know now this individual has this strength and then how can we bring that to the table when we're planning, right? Um, and then you can divvy up roles a lot easier so it doesn't feel like oh, I'm doing something that really drains me because it's not something I'm good at. But no, I'm going to have we know that teacher on my team, she always has a to-do list because she loves having the to-do list. And that's great because that fits within her strengths. So I think doing anything like that could be really helpful. And maybe not even like, I know not everyone works on a team. I feel like what's difficult, like in different settings is like I said, if you work in a more rural school district or like I know sometimes exploratory teachers that teach, you know, like our, our music can kind of be like left out of those team settings. So I think if you are a classroom teacher trying to figure out ways, how can we like tie that person into um, making sure they have a place to come in and collaborate and, and be known as well, I think is really powerful. Yeah, Aaron, you bring up a good point because I was an art teacher, growing, you know, like in my teaching career. So I was a singleton. I was by myself in the corner of my beautiful art space. But, you know, as far as a team goes, you know, it was like an elective team, but as far as my content, I had to actually seek out other people within my district or outside of that. So for those who potentially are in that situation where maybe they are just teaching one subject matter and they're the only teacher on their campus, um, where do they seek that collaboration out? Where would they go maybe outside of just 
the walls of their building to make sure that they're, you know, improving themselves and the skills that they're presenting to their students? Yeah, that is a great question because like I, like I said earlier too, when I was for my first two years of teaching, I felt like I was on this little Island and I wasn't even sure like, man, is this the best resource to use? This is like what I'm finding maybe in the filing cabinet. And looking back, I'm like, why were you looking in the filing cabinet? Like, why weren't you on Twitter or on Instagram? Because I think like that is such a great resource now. I know so many teachers who collabor collaborate across using those platforms, um, really getting into a professional learning network that's going to serve them and help give them resources. Um, so I think that's a great resource to have. And that's something, you know, once I started, uh, grad school a few years ago, luckily I had a professor who was like, okay, like you need to make a Twitter account and you have to get on Twitter and start like forming a professional learning network. And I was like, what is that? What does that mean? And then getting introduced to the world of like teacher Twitter and like seeing so many awesome resources and like to this day, all these other science educators that I follow that so much of what I do now is something that I saw someone like briefly post on Twitter. Um, and I think it can go beyond that too, not just, oh, they shared a resource, I'm going to do that, but really engaging with um, them and saying, like even reaching out and saying, hey, I have this unit coming up and I'm not quite sure how to reach the standard. Trying to develop those conversations um, and collaborate that way could be an awesome opportunity for, yeah, if you are a singleton, if you teach an elective course, maybe if you um, just work in an area where like you're not going to have as many resources, get on Twitter, Instagram. I'm all about, I feel like Instagram for me, it's like you can see more visuals that people are sharing and kind of follow along, I think is, is really cool to do. Yeah, building that network is huge. And obviously the Teach Better team does a fantastic job of that. And we're gonna see that firsthand this weekend at Teach Better 22. I can't, can't wait to hear what you're excited about for Teach Better 22. But um, in regards to you know creating a PLN, your professional learning network, you know, there are many ways that you can do that here with the team um, as far as the ambassador program. Um, our masterminds that we've got going on. Of course, we've got other networks as far as blogging and, and podcasting too. But um, I think that's one of the things that I love about the team the most is just how they build a community for you to find like-minded folks and you know people that are potentially in the same realm as far as it could be content, it could be um, you know the, the level of education that you're in um, because we've got a vast majority of folks from kindergarten all the way, you know, to superintendents that are linked into, you know, the Teach Better team. And um, that's so much fun to, to see all the different experiences. So, you know, Aaron, as far as an actionable item, you know, if there's someone that's, you know, taking away something today, you know, what is one thing that you really want them to explore? Maybe they don't really have collaboration occurring with their students. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I want to do that. I'm a little scared of maybe losing control of the classroom um you know what is something they can do just to kind of kick things off for them to at least experience something with collaboration where they can be successful their kids can feel successful and then you know maybe that'll jumpstart them to do more of it within the classroom to enhance the student students learning and the learning environment 
Yeah, I think really starting out small, setting up you and your students for success by by choosing maybe a, a collaboration task that has really clear like set boundaries. So I think like something that's really great is like an escape room or lockbox type challenge where I think students tend to be really motivated because it's more competitive and it is a little bit more clear, like I need to collaborate with my team because I want to get this done the fastest or maybe there's multiple things, multiple, multiple people need to be doing. And before that kind of introducing, you know, what you what your expectations are and as they're doing that kind of more low stakes collaboration making sure that you're giving them feedback and and that feedback you know not just to be negative of you're not on task but wow i love the way that you are using that resource right now or you're asking your team questions um so yeah start with something smaller and more manageable and go from there. It doesn't need to be like, oh, I'm going to start this huge project-based learning unit where they're all going to need to collaborate. Um, I think start small, keep the stakes low for yourself and for your students. And I think give them some grace as they're learning that skill. Um, when you remember that, yeah, like a lot of these students, maybe speaking from like a middle school perspective or different grades, they might have lost a few years in there of getting to practice collaboration. I'm sorry if you can hear crying children upstairs. But um, so they might have, you know, in those younger years where maybe they've gotten to practice collaboration, maybe that's the years that they were at home learning over Zoom. So I think we really need to keep that in mind um, as we're doing this with our students. Um, giving them some grace and like, hey, you, they might not have learned the school yet. They might need extra practice. And I think that might be something teachers are seeing and just keeping in mind, like, um, if it's more difficult for teachers this year or in last, the previous years, it's probably more difficult for students too. Um, I feel like as an eighth grade teacher, I've always kind of had the privilege of, man, the sixth and seventh grade teachers are awesome at teaching all these soft skills. So usually by the time they get to me, it's like, my job is easy. Um, but if they miss those years, then I'm like, wait, now I have to teach you how to do that. So just kind of realizing there might have been some some loss um, of learning there. But just, I think, seeing that as a fresh opportunity to to teach them and, and grow together in that skill. That's awesome, Aaron. Great advice for anyone who's starting to kick off collaboration. And don't worry about the kids in the background. Okay. Everybody is, is getting up, getting ready for their day. Um, you'll probably hear at some point my six children in the background. So uh, don't worry about that at all. Um, I want to say good morning to everybody. We're going to jump into another segment, which is one of my favorite ones, which is the community member highlights. So we're going to pick someone from our Teach Better community, highlight them quickly, and, and just celebrate them. And I can't wait to share a little bit about our Spotlight person. So, Aaron, you ready for this? All right, let's do it. All right. Hopefully, that music got everyone waking up. We've got our spotlight for our community member. And I'm going to add this um, to our slide here. And this is our wonderful podcaster, Dr. Michelle Schmidt-Moore. And she is the host of Design Lessons Podcast. And she will actually be at Teach Better 22 on Podcast Row. 
I can't wait to see her in person. I, of course, connected with her online, you know, for a couple of years now. She's been one of one of our first podcasters on the network. She's been with us for almost two years, and you know, her design thinking um, is just fantastic. And you know, just a little bit about her. You know, she was the founder of More Creative Learning. She's a coach, speaker, podcaster, and educational thought leader. Please make sure you go over to her website, michelleschmidtmore.com. She's got fantastic content there. And then, like I said, she's going to be on Podcast Row. So make sure if you are at the conference, you are coming over, meeting her, going to her session, checking her out as far as all of the fantastic things that she does. And then, of course, get on your favorite podcast application and check out you know, her podcast, because she does some fantastic work. So design lessons podcast, she is one of 35 on the podcast network, we continue to grow. And I am just so honored that she is a part of, you know, the teach better podcast network and, and just presenting quite a bit of information. Erin, have you had any chance to connect with Michelle at all? I've not gotten to connect with her, I get to share a lot about her. Um, via our social media platforms all the time, which I love. It's like one of those all the time when I'm sharing things out and I was like, oh, I need to like come back to this or this sounds like a really good podcast episode or this is a really good blog post. And then yeah. I keep going and forget to get back to it. But um, I'm super excited to hear that she'll be at Teach Better 22 this weekend on Podcast Row, Podcasters Row, because I think as someone who doesn't get to be there, I'm really excited that uh, podcasters row is happening because it's kind of a way that like me on the back end of things, you know, in mm -hmm. a few more weeks, once these podcasters start releasing these episodes, I can like go back and listen and kind of live vicariously through the episodes since I didn't get to be there and still get to hear about what was happening and, and feel like maybe I was feel like I was there a little bit. So uh, super excited that uh, Michelle will be there and I think if I was there, I'd definitely want to go talk to her and learn from her a bit for sure. Almost oh, definitely. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be the fun thing about podcast rows for those who aren't available and, and to come to Akron, you know, you'll still be able to get some of the content there because a lot of the guests will be on, um, different shows. So, you know, for all 14 podcasts that are, are going to be recording, you'll get at least a little taste and you'll hear the background noise and the energy that's, that's going on. Um, during the event, but then also you get to learn a little bit about the content that's being presented, all the different events. Of course, Aaron, you're going to be behind the scenes to, you know, enhancing the social media presence of Teach Better and, and making sure that anyone that's not there is actually going to be seeing what's going on at the conference. Because um, so, I know there's going to be a ton of, of folks, you know, sharing out content. It won't just be um, Michelle and the, and the podcast row. It'll be a lot of different folks um, during the event. So we're going to move on to our next segment, segment, which is the morning challenge. So we're going to hear from Erin as far as what her challenge of collaboration will be. So Erin, I'm going to give you, you know, about 15 seconds to kind of, you know, get your thoughts together as we go. Um, jump in the comments for those who are watching as far as sharing any excitement that you have for the conference coming up this weekend. Or if you have any comments or questions for Erin in the world of collaboration, um, we would love to answer those with the small amount of time that we have left this morning. But Aaron, we're going to jump into our morning challenge. So stay with us.
we are back and we've got the morning challenge. And for those who are, you know, maybe new to this, this is about how to finish strong with the week. Obviously, we are in the middle of the week and, you know, we want to be better every single day. That's our that's our goal. So, Aaron, for those who are working through collaboration or if you want to maybe just change it up on everybody too. It doesn't have to be on collaboration, but uh, as far as the weekly challenge, you know, what would you like um, to share um, with the viewers to finish the week strong? Yeah, for sure. Just like I shared with collaboration, how it's so important with any skill or a learner characteristic like this, but we're trying to develop in our students, um, really anything we're teaching, knowing the why behind it, um, I think even the academics and the content, right? I feel like it's a question we get from students all the time. You know, why is this important to learn and know? Um, so I think my challenge to everybody for this week, um, as you're finishing the week strong or maybe finishing the week early so that you can go <laughs> over to Ohio, um, is asking yourself, like with whatever you're teaching today, whatever skill it might be, what is your why behind this? Um, and it might be kind of hard at first to answer that question, and, and that's okay. Um, we're just kind of grappling with that a bit and um, trying to figure out why is this important for my students to know? Why is this important for my students to practice? And then if you can't identify that, sharing that with them. I think that's super powerful for our students to know um, our thinking as teachers as to like, why, why am I having to work in this group today or whatever it might be? We can share a really powerful why with them. Then I think they get to get insight into um, our thinking and, and trust us a little bit more as their teachers. So, yeah, I think whatever you're doing today, what's what's my why behind this? Um, and kind of continuing to develop that for sure. Yeah, that's an important aspect, really, in everything in ed education, right, is we need to make sure that we're going through that reflective process and understanding our why. And then not only keeping that to ourselves, but, you know, for teachers to students, making sure that you're sharing that so that they understand you know, the reasoning behind things. I, I know middle school students, and maybe this was the case for you, Aaron, you know, anything that we did, it was always, well, why? Like, why are we doing this? Was that something that you encountered quite a bit in your classroom? Yeah, I think depending on depending on the day or maybe even the time of day, uh, sometimes it was more, more of that questioning as to why. And sometimes that question is hard to answer. So I think as teachers having that time to reflect and figure out so that we can give them an honest answer, right? I think sometimes it's easy to want to go with them, oh, you know, kind of like a classic because because we have to, because I told you so, because it's going to be on the test, uh, any of those things. Um, so really making sure that we have that why uh, is important. Um, and I think like, hey, if you are going to teach better this weekend, maybe it's a really good chance for you to reflect and get some more insight into what that might be, um, why you might want students to, to collaborate, um, and why you might want students to know their strengths or know the strengths of their peers. Um, so maybe like if you are heading into Teach Better this weekend, or if you're kind of, you know, watching from home, like I will be doing interacting from home, making sure you're following along because you might get some really great insight into, oh yeah, like that's something I can share with my students or that's something I want to implement. And I know why, because I know with like all the speakers this weekend um, or, you know, on Friday and Saturday, they're going to be sharing like practicals, but they'll be sharing like the background and the why behind it. So making sure that we're grasping that and taking that back to our students.
I don't know if we just lost Josh. <laughs> or if it is my end of things. Um, so if you are still joining us on Wednesday Wake Up, um, let us know in the comments. And if you are heading to Teach Better this week, let us know in the comments who you are most excited about seeing. Um, I know there are going to be some fantastic speakers that I really wish I was able to see. Um, again, I'm not going to be there, but um, I know if I was, I was there, I would already have a list of the speakers I would be wanting to see. So if you didn't know, um, you can head over to teachbetterconference.com. You can find a full schedule of all the speakers with what sessions they will be teaching on, um, as well as what each session is going to be about. So I was looking at that today, again, with a little bit of FOMO, since I'm not going to be there, uh, to see like what all these amazing sessions are going to be about. So I think head over there, start making a list of who you want to see when you are in Akron um, on Friday and Saturday. <clears throat> so uh, if I were at Teach Better this Friday and Saturday, I think who would definitely be on my list would be Holly Stewart. Uh, I know that she's doing a session on foldable paper microscopes. Um, so I think that is one I would definitely want to go to. It seems like a super awesome resource to have. Um, so I think that would be on my list. I also know um, Mike and Josh of Punk Rock Classrooms um, are going to be doing a session as well, as well as being on Podcasters Row. And I am a big fan of theirs. So I think checking out anything from them would be awesome. So if you're still on me, drop in the comments who you're most excited about seeing, who you're most excited about hearing speak. If you're speaking, what are you speaking on? Share out. Maybe head over to teachbetterconference.com and check out that schedule and make a list of everybody that you want to see. Sorry about the technical difficulties that we might be having I'm trying to get in touch with Josh, but I'm super glad that y'all were able to join us for Wednesday Wake Up. I know we have about 10 more minutes in the session this morning, um, but I guess maybe this morning you might have some extra time to drink your coffee, anything like that. Um, one other thing to share out on the topic of collaboration is don't be afraid to maybe explore some new tech tools along with collaboration. Um, I know there's so many things available uh, tech-wise that are going to help our students collaborate. It doesn't have to look super traditional, just discussing in groups. So figure out maybe some tech tools, challenge yourself to explore some different tech tools you might be able to use to help your students collaborate. Maybe you and your teammates want to use those tech tools as well. So I hope that y'all have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday. Um, I'm going to go ahead and leave the studio. Uh, I'm happy to be here with you guys. I hope you have a fantastic time at Teach Better 22. 
Uh, if you're traveling today, travel safely. Make sure you are sharing all things out on social media with, with hashtag teachbetter22. So myself and everybody else who has to miss out on the event, event can see what's happening. I'll be making sure that I'm sharing out all the awesome things happening on our platform. So you might get featured on our Instagram or our Twitter. So make sure you're using that hashtag and just enjoy the conference. Um, I'm jealous that y'all get to be there. So let me live vicariously through you. Have a great Wednesday.